take our Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number one, Matthew chapter number one. Again, I want to invite our young people to turn there as well. Matthew chapter number one. We're going to begin at verse number 21. Matthew chapter one and verse number 21. You all are so red and green this morning. Amen. This is the one day, this is a big picture day, you know. Many of us are going to get our picture taken in front of the tree, and this is the one of the one days I asked Brittany what color tie she wants me to wear. So uh, she's in charge of colors this day. Amen. Matthew chapter number 1, verse number 21. I did tell the kids yesterday that since we don't have service tonight, that I can preach at least a couple of hours. Um, so... They said no, they said no, but uh, we'll work on them, amen, work on them, <laughs> amen. Matthew chapter number 1, verse number 21, if you're there, say amen. amen, amen, amen. The Bible says, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins, remember this is the angel of the Lord appearing to Joseph in a dream. In verse number 22, Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, verse 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this Christmas Eve, Lord, many of us are tired. We have been shopping, we have been putting things together, we've been... There's probably food preparation going on right now. Lord, there's things on our mind, things to wrap, things that need our attention. We're going to be busy tonight and tomorrow, many of us. And Lord, for many of us here today, this is also a time, Lord, of, Lord, of some sorrow, some grief. Many of our family members aren't here with us this day. Many of them are already in glory Many of them have passed away. And Lord, we are often distracted, Lord, from the simplicity of the gospel during this Christmas season. Lord, our minds are racing a hundred miles a minute, it seems. And God, I pray for just a few moments that you would help us to take a break and to pause and to think about why we're doing all that we're doing. And Lord, remind us of the hope that we have in you. Lord, especially our loved ones who place their faith and trust in you and those who've passed on before us who are believers. Lord, I pray this Christmas season will also be a great reminder of the hope that's in you, of our hope of, of everlasting life, of our hope of those who are with you. They did not perish. So they, were absent, they may be absent from the body, but Lord, they are present with you right now. And Lord, because of you, and those who've placed trust in you, Lord, we shall be with you and with them one day. We're thankful for this unspeakable gift. 
And Lord, help us now, Lord, to hear Your Word and believe it. Bless it, Lord. We love You, we praise You, and thank You. In Jesus, Lord, Your name we ask these things. Amen. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph to encourage him to don't be afraid to take Mary his wife, to be his wife, although that she's pregnant. I really do. I've always thought about his suffering in that moment before the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And the angel of the Lord encouraged him to take Mary to be his wife because Mary is pregnant because of the miracle of the Holy Spirit. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. In verse number 23, we have the reason for it. In verse 23, the prophecy fulfilled, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And the Bible is interpreting it for us here. That Emmanuel, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And I'd like to preach with you for a little bit upon that subject of God with us, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Even that declaration should give us all hope that God is with us, that Jesus is God and Jesus came for us and Jesus came from God and Jesus is God with us. Now, in what way is Jesus God? Is He like God? Is Emmanuel like God? Is Emmanuel a part of God? What does it mean, God with us? Did Jesus just come as a representative of God? Did Jesus just come as God's ambassador? What way is Jesus Emmanuel? If you'll turn to the book of Philippians chapter number 2, this is the... This is the theology of the virgin conception and birth of Jesus Christ. This is God explaining what took place and how Jesus is Emmanuel. So in what way is Jesus God with us? What is the nature of this? So Philippians chapter number 2, if you look at verse number 6, the Bible says, speaking of Jesus, who being in the form of God. Now that, that expression is interesting. It means, the form of God, it means that Jesus, and we know, we're, we know the Bible is talking about Jesus because verse number 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God. Now the, the word form there, it, it's the idea that Jesus has all of the attributes of God, who being in the form of God, that Jesus has all the attributes of God who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That is that Jesus thought it not a hard thing to try to keep all the attributes of God, that God, that He made Himself of no reputation, that He, being in the form of God, had all the attributes of God, that Jesus humbled Himself and He made Himself of no reputation. And so in what way is Jesus Emmanuel? He is Emmanuel, God with us, that Jesus has all the attributes of God. If you want to turn to the book of John, chapter number 1, and in John, chapter number 1, the apostle John speaks again about who Jesus is. In John, chapter number 1, how is Jesus Emmanuel, God with us? 
In verse number 1 of John chapter 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. What was the same that was in the beginning with God? It was the Word, and the Word was God. Remember that, the Word was God. Verse number 3, all things were made by Him. Who? This Word. The Word was God. All things were made by God. And with, Verse 3, and without Him was not anything made that was made. But look at verse 14. And the Word became flesh. Now remember, who was the Word? If you go back to verse 1 of John 1. And the Word, the last portion of verse 1, and the Word was God. you see that, young people? I hope you got your Bibles open. Did you see it? The Word was God. But then you get to 14, and the Word, which was God from the beginning, verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And John says, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John said, and John, John the Baptist bear witness of Him. So who is the Word that became flesh? The, the Word that was in the beginning, the Word that was with God, verse 1, the Word that was God, and the Word, who's the Word? The Word was God, is God. The Word became flesh. So God became what? God became flesh. That Jesus Christ has all the attributes of God, and that Jesus became flesh. And who is Jesus? The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So then in verse 14, and the Word became flesh. Do you see it? That Jesus is God, and that Jesus became what? Flesh. And what is Emmanuel then? Emmanuel is God with us. Jesus is literally God with us. Jesus is God. Jesus isn't a, isn't a, he doesn't have attributes of God only. Jesus doesn't, he's not only just a form of God. Jesus isn't like God. It's important we understand this. Jesus is God. And Jesus and God became what? He became flesh. And so Jesus was from the beginning. And there's a lot of Christian people, they think that Jesus began in Bethlehem. Listen, Jesus has no beginning. Jesus always has been. Jesus always will be. Jesus was from the beginning. Jesus is the beginning. And Jesus is God becoming flesh. So who is Emmanuel? It's like it says. Believe what it says. Emmanuel is who with us? It is God with us. So what does Emmanuel mean? It means that God is with us. So that's important to know who Jesus is, isn't it? So who died on the cross for your sins? Paul had trouble understanding it in the book of Corinthians. He says, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Jesus is God. It's no wonder he resurrected. You can't kill God, can you? So Jesus is God. And that's why Jesus can be your Savior. That's why Jesus has an endless life. That's why all power is given unto Him in heaven and in earth. 
That's why when you came to Him for salvation, that you are saved, Hebrews 7.25, now unto Him, who is Him? God. Unto Him that is able to save, and to the uttermost, those that come unto God by Him. Jesus, friends, is God. He's not an angel. He's not a prophet merely. He is God. Jesus Christ is God with us. Amen? In the book of Colossians chapter 2, verse number 9, For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. What's that mean? It means in Christ is all the fullness of God. So when you pray in Jesus' name, you're praying to God. You're praying in the name of God and you have confidence you can and you should because you're praying to God Himself, God in the flesh. Amen? That's why Paul said in the book of Timothy, there is only one mediator between God and man. It is the man, Christ Jesus. That's why God becoming flesh is important. Hebrews chapter number 2. He can be touched with the feelings of your infirmities. Hebrews 4. Because He knows what it's like. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you've been through. He knows what you face. He knows how you feel. Who does? God knows how you feel. Because God with us became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm glad for Jesus Christ, aren't you? God knew what He was doing, didn't He? He absolutely did. So Emmanuel, our text says, is God with us. Now the question then, if you're thinking, and I hope you're thinking while you're listening, and I hope you're praying while you're listening, the question is, is in what way is God still with us? That's a good question, isn't it? Because if, if, if you're a student of the Word, as, as we ought to be, you would recognize that Jesus did what after He arose from the dead? Jesus ascended back up to the right hand of the Father on high, didn't He? And I just quoted you that passage from Timothy that now there is a man in heaven, flesh and bone is in heaven right now, and it is the man, the Lord Jesus Christ, God with us. But how is God with us if Jesus is up there? That's a good question, isn't it? Because I still want God to be with me, don't you? In what way, though, is Emmanuel still God with us? And the question I'm trying to arise in our hearts is this, is how is this still relevant to me today come Christmas? Because Emmanuel is God with us. So is, is Emmanuel God with us just then? Or is it still, can we say, that Jesus is still with us today? And in what way is Jesus still with us today? Because I don't know about you, but I still need God with me. <laughs> I need Emmanuel today. And I, I would hate to think that Emmanuel, God with us only, was really God with them. Because it's been 2,000-something years since Emmanuel was pronounced to Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus. So in what way is Emmanuel still with me? Because if you're like me, I still need God, don't you? So was Emmanuel with us or was Emmanuel just with them? Because remember in Hebrews chapter 13, the Bible says that Jesus would never leave us nor forsake us, right? In Matthew 28, the Bible says that Jesus said, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. But how can He be with me? How can God be with me? Or how can God be with you? If Jesus is all the way in heaven, 
How can I still believe and understand that Jesus is still with us today? That God is with us today? Now, I hope you think that's not irrelevant to you because there might be someone here today that came into this building and they are deeply troubled in soul. And they are deeply hurting in spirit. And they're dealing with regret and shame and sin and trying to find hope and peace. And they've, their life has been one tragedy or catastrophe or heartache or self-inflicted wound after another. And they've come to this building today on Christmas Eve trying to find some hope. And don't you think the Christian church ought to be able to give them an answer or offer them a measure of hope? I mean, shouldn't we be relevant to the needs of people suffering? In what way then can we help? What is the message then of Jesus Christ on Chris, Christmas Eve in a way that will make it relevant for their lives because I've been praying, and I hope you as a member too, have been praying that our church will be relevant to the needs of people's lives, to the, that the gospel would meet them where they are and help them. Because if not, then we're just a dead religion, aren't we? We need people to find hope in Jesus Christ. And in what way then, if, is Christmas just for them or is it for you? Does Christmas offer you hope the same way it offers hope for Joseph and those in the first century? How is Jesus God with us? In the book of John, chapter number 14, thankfully Jesus gives us the answer that Emmanuel can still be Emmanuel today. In John chapter 14 and verse number 6, Jesus just told, is telling his disciples that I'm going to go and prepare a place for you in John chapter 14. And so the disciples are thinking, well, if you're going to go, what about us? Because Jesus, we need you with us. We need you with us, God. We need God with us. And so if you're going to go away and prepare a place for us while, you're, while we're waiting on you to come back, what are we, are we going to be without you? So that, remember Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not sorry, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And they're like, where are you going? Because we need you. That, so if you're going, what about us? And so they asked the question. They asked that. How, how, are, how are you going to be with us? So in John chapter number 14, verse 16, Jesus says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray the Father, He shall give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. Look at verse number 18. Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And how is He going to come to them? Verse number 26, He says, now who's the comforter? Verse 26, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. So what is Jesus saying? When I go away, I'm going to send you a comforter. And the comforter is verse 26 of John 14, the comforter which is the Holy Ghost. So Jesus says, I'm going to go up, but I'm going to send down the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, which we know according to Christian theology, which is who? Which is God. So, Emmanuel, God with who? Us. So, if you turn to John chapter 16, look at verse number 7. Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. 
It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter, which we know as John 14, 26, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto who? Unto you. Verse 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So is God still with us today? Can I say as a Christian in 2023 on Christmas Eve, is God still available to me today? Is he available to you today? Can God, literal God, be with you today? Can he be? Is Emmanuel just for them or is he for you? I'm glad that Jesus said, if I go up, I'm going to send the Comforter and he's going to come down. And he's going to be with you for what? Forever. That Emmanuel still applies, don't it? Emmanuel, God with us, is still relevant today. Amen? You all are wore out sleepy today. (laughs) I just told you that God can be with you. And you all worried about your hams. (laughs) Your presence. God is with you. Amen? Emmanuel. God with who? With us. So here's how it works. So when you got born again... Jesus said, I'm going to be with you always, didn't he? When you said yes to Jesus Christ, he would not leave you comfortless. And in that moment, Ephesians says, you've got an earnest of expectation of the Spirit that God, in the person of the Holy Ghost, lived, made his home in your soul, in your heart. So Jesus can say, if you'll come to me if you've never been saved, Jesus can say... If you'll come to me, if you'll trust in me, believe in me, if you'll accept me as your Lord, if you'll make a decision today, if you'll trust Jesus as your Savior today by faith, in that moment, in that millisecond, the Holy Ghost lives in that heart. And that is God with them, isn't it? As a believer, you have God in you. The Holy Spirit. He comforts you, don't He? He guides you. He teaches you all things. He dwells with you forever. He he comforts you, assures you, gives you peace. He does this, don't He? I know you're suffering. I know you're missing loved ones. But the Holy Spirit, your mind is saying it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. But the Holy Spirit in your heart right now is saying... But don't you forget what Jesus said, that whosoever believeth in him, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die, believeth thou this. And the Holy Ghost reminds you and guides you and reminds you of this truth that you're not alone. He's with you always. He's not forsaking you. He's still Emmanuel. He's still guiding you. He's still loving you. He's still with you. Amen? He's still with you. 
I was thinking the other day while I was preparing my mind, my heart for this message, that the work of the Holy Spirit prophesied in Jeremiah 32 and verse 33. And the Bible says, This shall be a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts, the Holy Spirit will do. I will write in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That is Emmanuel. God says, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Amen? In the book of Ezekiel, a prophecy once more concerning the Holy Spirit. What does God do? God with us. What does He do? Because think about it. If God is with us, then wouldn't it make a difference? If God is with us, then wouldn't He change us? If God is with us, then wouldn't there be evidence? If God is with us, then wouldn't there be some effect? Couldn't you say that that there's something going on with that person if you're saying that God is with us? What would that mean to them? Can I say that that would change everything, wouldn't it? If God is with them. I feel led to ask you the question, do you know God? Because if you don't know God, John, Jesus said in John 14 that you, the, who the Spirit of the world cannot see, that only those who know Jesus know God. Only those who know Jesus have God. Only those who know Jesus today have God with them today. Because He don't give His Holy Spirit to those who don't know Jesus. And half the congregation might not know what I'm talking about. Because He don't give His Spirit to the world. He only gives it to those who know God. And who knows God? Only people who know Jesus know God. You can't know God unless you know Jesus. Really, yes. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father except by me, Jesus said. There's a lot of talk this holiday season, and let me say, which holiday are they talking about? Which day are we talking about? And I know there's no Christian commandment that we have to keep Christmas, but we don't say happy holidays around St. Patrick's Day. And we don't say happy holidays around Easter. There is, this, there is this coordinated attack to take away Christian holidays. Amen? It's so obvious. Do you see it? It's so obvious. But many people around this time of year say, you know, we're all God's children. No, that's not true. Only those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior are born of God. Let's be offensive, shall we? Jesus said, if you don't know Him, ye are of your father, the devil. And as the father does, so do his children, Jesus said. The only way to know God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So how can God be with me? There's only one way. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. So if God is with us, then wouldn't there be noticeable evidence of 
God who made the universe is with you. I would say that'd have to be life-changing, wouldn't it? It'd have to be pretty radical to know God and that God lives in you. Wouldn't you agree that that wouldn't be a footnote of your life? That's not a minuscule event. Listen, Jesus shouldn't be a part of your life. Jesus should be your life. Because He's God in you. It would be remarkable, wouldn't it? I remember, I think I've used it here. I know I used it in another church about a year or so ago. I preached there that this little girl was in her Sunday school class and the teacher, the wise teacher, because it's a good lesson plan, a good lesson that day, said that if you get saved and born again, that God, the Holy Spirit's going to live inside of you. That God will be in you. And the little girl took it literally, as she should, because He's in you. And she said, did you say, though, the other week that God is everywhere all the time? Yes, that's right. That God is a big and God made the heavens and the earth. And the teacher said, yes, that's right. Then she said, if God, who is so big, in other words, here's her theology, and she's right, that God is so influential, so all-encompassing, so all-powerful. She said, if God is in me then, then wouldn't God be hanging out all over the place? If he's inside of me, yes, yes, he will, he will. I almost said he should be, but that would leave the impression that in some cases he's not. In all cases, when God with us is in you, you will see the effects of His presence. Amen? Some might ask, do you really have Scripture to back that up? Remember when the Lord Jesus, who is God, so He speaks with authority, not as the scribes speak, He speaks from an original text, because He is the Word. He doesn't need a translation. He is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, John 1, 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus said, who is God, said you shall know them by the fruits that they bear. Correct? Can a, can, can, can thistles, can, a, can thorn bushes make grapes? No. Can a good tree produce bad fruit? No. Jesus said a corrupt tree can not produce good fruit. It can't. God with us. Back to Ezekiel chapter number 36. Look at verse number 27. This is what God with us looks like in real life. The Bible says, A new heart will I also give you. A new heart. Isn't that great? A new spirit will I put within you. That sounds like you must be born again, don't it? It is. He says, I will put within you. He says, let's, let's read it literally. 
a new heart will I, also will I give you, and a new spirit, look at the language, I will put within you. I will put it in you, the, the Bible says. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I'll give you a heart of flesh. So what does the Spirit do? The Spirit of God takes away your corrupt, wicked, dirty, rotten heart. And God gives you a new heart. And God says, I will put my Spirit in you. Now, when God says, I will, that means He will. He will. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. I'll give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27 I will put my spirit within who? You. God says he'll do that. I'll put my spirit within you. What will happen when God's spirit is in you? What will happen when God is in you? God says this. When I put my spirit in you, verse 27, and cause you to walk in my statutes. You shall keep my judgments and do them. Verse 28, you shall dwell in the land I will give to your fathers. There's a future promise. You shall be my people and I will be your God. Emmanuel, God with us. What is, what is God with us today? How is it relevant today? Can God still be with me today? Yes. Amen. Absolutely. And he's not just sentimental. He's not just to celebrate because it's Emmanuel season. No, God with us is God in you. You know, some people say, I wish I'd lived during the Bible times, I'd walk with Jesus. You might have heard this before, but here's what's great about since Jesus ascended and he sent the comfort of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus not only can walk beside you, but it's even better, Jesus walks in you, in you. God in you. Wherever the Lord is, you'll see His works. Is God in you today? If He is, think about it. If God is in you, that would be incredible, wouldn't it? If God is in you, you should be able to notice it too. It ought to be pretty obvious. If the world's trying to figure out if you're a Christian or not, then something's off, isn't it? Is Christ in you? Because the gospel isn't something that one practices. The gospel is a new birth of the power of the gospel. His spirit in you. And then the Word of God says, and when it comes in you, Jesus said, nobody will have to teach you this or that. Nobody will have to say, hey, nobody's going to have to come along now. You're going to, no, no, no. The Holy Spirit is in you. Nobody has to show you or teach you or guide you, Jesus said, because Jesus said, I will be your comforter. He, the Spirit of truth, when he comes, he shall guide you into all truth. God with us. Emmanuel. Christmas is about the gospel, folks. That's what Christmas is. And here's the good news about the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning, and I'm closing as we get a song prepared, if you're here this morning and you have no hope, and this subject 
creates so much anxiety for you that you're, you don't have the attributes of God and you're, you're struggling and you're anxious and this creates so much drama in your soul that that is not, that is not merely the goal of the gospel. The goal of the gospel of Jesus Christ is so when that is recognized in your heart that Jesus loves you and Jesus died for your sins and Jesus arose from the dead and if you will believe on him, you don't have to stay dead. If you hear me, if you have ears to hear what I'm saying, if you hear the Holy Spirit drawing you and calling you to Jesus Christ, then that is the remedy. That's your hope. That's the answer. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to sit in condemnation and fear. You don't have to wonder about your soul. You don't have to. The gospel is offering you hope. That's why the angel says, good will on earth and peace toward men, that he's offering you peace. You don't have to stay this way. God is offering himself to you. And you need God in you. And he, he, only he, can change your soul. Only He provides what you've been looking for. Only He can do it. God with us. The promise of the gospel is God can be in you. That Jesus is the way. And if you believe on Him, His Spirit will be in you. And He will cause you. He will make you. He will do, in other words, a work that you can never accomplish and have never been able to accomplish without His Holy Spirit. For those of us who could say that I know Him, and I'm not talking about Santa, I'm talking about Jesus. I know Him. I can testify, not by my own works, but I can tell you, and every Christian should be able to, because that's what grace does to people. Every Christian should be able to say, since I met Jesus, He has worked on me and He has changed me and He has given me hope and He has saved me from this sin and He has delivered me from this problem and He is working on me in this area and it's ongoing because He'll never leave us nor forsake us but He'll go with us all the way and I'm glad He's still working on me, ain't you? To make me what I ought to be. He'll never leave us. He, He alone is offered to you through faith alone. And He can do in you what you can never do in yourself. Maybe this morning as we stand to our feet, you've never been saved. If I can help you, if you'd like to talk with me and pray with me, if I can, Jason, if you'd feel more comfortable with Him or, or anybody, talk to somebody. And I will invite you right now, when we begin to sing this song this morning, if God is dealing with your heart, I want to invite you right now to come to Jesus Christ. We could talk and pray and we could have a chat. I want to invite you to come. Step out of the aisle, just walk down here. I'd love to help you. The you say, why? Because if it is that important, and it is, that I wouldn't wait a millisecond. I wouldn't wait till you say, well, I'll do it out there. Many of our hearts are so filled with pride and ego, we think, if I can just get out of this moment, listen, don't let your pride send you to hell. Don't let your pride keep you from Jesus. You can have God in you through faith in Jesus Christ. We went on, if we went on in John chapter 1, if we backed up, I think it's verse 12, 13, as many as received Him, 
To them gave He power to become the sons of God. Receive Jesus Christ by faith. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Call out to Him in faith this morning. If I could help in any way, I'd love to. As we sing together. 177. 177.